covering the beautiful game from all angles. Welcome to Golteca. Welcome to the Golteca podcast, uh, along with uh, U.S. soccer legend, Hall of Famer, Kobe Jones, my uh, work buddy and partner at Fox Deportes, Mariano Trujillo. I'm your host, Jaime Mota. We're inside the six, guys. Let's talk Mexican soccer. First of all, this weekend, we have a great uh, matchup on Fox Sports and Fox Deportes. Santos and uh, Chivas of Guadalajara. Kobe, Mariano, what do you guys of this uh, tremendous matchup for you know the second week of uh, Guardianes 2020? Kobe, please, you're, you're the legend. Come on, go ahead. Well, thank you, thank you. I don't know. I, I will wait, uh, Jaime. I will wait because uh, you know this COVID situation is hitting Chivas right now with Oribe Peralta. Now a couple of players are waiting for the for the test, the results. Um, if everything goes well, I think uh, Chivas is a favorite. Santos losing now, Arteaga going to Belgium, uh, not having Brian Lozano, not Jonathan Orozco. They're, they're struggling. And yeah, they have an idea. They have a clear idea. They have a style of uh, football that Almada likes to apply to his teams. But I don't see the, the personal to execute that idea for 90 minutes and probably a little bit more. So I'll see if Chivas is healthy and... Uh, if they don't have too much play players, the too many players um, dropping for the for this game, I think Chivas will be will be ahead of Santos. Yeah, I, I'd have to I'd have to agree, you know. But the big thing is, and this is kind of the the situation for sports around the world, right? Is is this COVID situation? You know, you have right. was out before. You have the players, you know, that are going to be out now. So it's really change the dynamic of who's going to be healthy. You know, you see it, you can go through the press and see all the different situations that are going on with Antuna, you know, Peralta, you know, just how is that going to affect the players? When are they going to be healthy again? You know, so, I mean, it, and this is difficult for us as broadcasters and, and talking mm -hmm. about the game because one minute it's like, okay, we got, this is going to be the lineup. And you don't know from like the, the night before or the day of, all of a sudden it's completely different because these players are gone and they're out. So you're just like, oh, wait a second. You know, yeah, don't place any bets off of what I said. You know, <laughs> all, all of a sudden, it's completely new. But I think with Peralta being, you know, that's a pretty huge, a huge one for Chivas to, to have that loss. And with him being in that situation, got to wait to see when he's going to be back. So hold off on the parlay. It's what you're talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're feeling lucky. Yeah. Like <laughs> and, and you know what? It's interesting what Luis Fernando Tena said this week. You know, they asked him, well, who do you think is going to make it, you know, towards the end of the, of the tournament? Who's going to uh, be a champ? And he said, you know what? The team with the most antibodies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the because, truth. Like, that's it's right. the truth. <laughs> it's completely the truth. Um, you know, also Chivas got a new uh, TV deal in the U.S. this week. How does that affect things for the team? You know, uh, uh, it's, it's something that uh, a lot of people like to watch Chivas. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's, it's a... It's a uh, new scenario for Chivas but as a player I don't think you you actually pay attention to those things uh, you're focused on what is happening on the field uh, but it, it's a it's a big thing for us broadcasters fans and obviously here in the states Chivas has a lot of uh, a great fan base so being able to finally enjoy uh, Chivas games here in the states will be a, a great great thing but this is the thing like you were saying 
if they are not 100%, then we're not going to see the real team. You know, we're not going to see quality games. And I think that's going to be the standard for these Guardianes 2020. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, more power to Chivas. I think this helps Chivas, the organization, more so than the players. The players mm-hmm. aren't going to care, but the, the organization getting a deal of this standard where you're going to be broadcast, you're going to have more eyeballs on you. What does that mean? You can charge more for everything that you want to do. It means more money coming into the club, more notoriety, you can pick up more players. So it gives the, you know, we always talk about the separations there and the top clubs within Liga MX. Well, Chivas is definitely, you know, regardless if they're having a good year or a bad year, everybody knows Chivas. Well, this is going to take them to another level because the notoriety is going to go up within the United States and thus within the U.S., more, more eyeballs, you know, around the world. So start paying attention, maybe not right now, but over the next year or two, the type of players that Chivas starts bringing in, the type of money that starts getting spent on players at Chivas because I can guarantee you we talk about some of the the most valuable and richest clubs like the Monterey's and everything well Chivas has just put the you know they've turned they've turned that spout on that 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 that's gonna make some serious changes so to disagree with Mariano a little bit (laughs) I think it is gonna be affect the players because all of a sudden they're gonna be going hey you got a lot more money you know, <laughs> can I get and a raise? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, yeah, and, and also, some other players might want to go there as well. Yeah, I agree. And and also, it opens a door for Mexican Americans, you know, to you know keep that dream alive of going to Chivas. I have a lot of kids asking me for you know an opportunity to go and try out for Chivas because it's the team that their parents support. But lately, they didn't have the chance to actually see them performing now with this situation kids here mexican-american kids with the dream of going and play for chivas uh they're going to keep that dream alive so that that's something that chivas like because we had the opportunity to speak with the president and that's one of the uh, situations they want to promote here in the states kids going to uh play for chivas um so we'll see we'll see that's another thing that mls have to keep an eye on guys talking about presidents and keeping dreams alive. Uh, what's going to happen with Cruz Azul? Because what they're going through right now, like on the pitch, La Máquina is a machine. But off the pitch, I mean, it, it's just a complete mess what's happening with Billy Alvarez now. Now that, you know, there's uh, an arrest warrant for him because of money laundering and other things. What's going to happen to Cruz Azul? Mariano, what's going on here? Man. No, I, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, honestly, and I don't want to sound um, like I don't care, but I think nothing is going to happen to Cruz Azul. You know, we know what's happening in Mexico. You know how things are uh, not fixed, but uh, how they deal with things in Mexico. I think Cruz Azul is a big name in the Mexican Federation. So I don't think they're going to um, take any actions against a team. Probably, of course, against Vili Alvarez. They're going to put him on the side. And he's not going to go to jail because of his age and the rules in Mexico. So, yeah, whoa, he's, whoa, 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 wait. he's guilty. Well, that, those are the rules. And I, that, that's the law. And I, I know you don't like it, but if you are uh, 70 years or close to 70, you cannot go to jail. So, you have to stay in your house. And obviously, it, it, it's the same thing. No, it's like house arrest. Basically, yeah, it's, it's a house, house arrest. arrest. It is a house arrest. It is. So, but... but 
on the field, I don't think anything is going to change. I don't think it's going to fail. So if anybody, wants, if anybody wants to commit a crime, no matter what, if you're close to 70. Uh, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> you, just, you just wait till you're like 69 and a half or something, and then, you, then you're scot-free? Wait, how does we're that getting, work? We're getting political now, man. We're getting political. <laughs> I, I, that's how it is. That's how it is in Mexico. You know, it happened with uh, El Baister Gordillo. She was in jail for a little bit because of what she did but in because of her, her age she's she's in her house you know so that those are the rules i don't like him but it is what it is so because of that i don't think um something important will happen to the team and to the players and to the coaches they're going to have money to pay what they need to pay so i think Cruz Azul is going to keep going um if they keep winning they're going to keep going well do you think that maybe mariano somebody within the cooperativa of Cruz Azul uh, the only way that they could get rid of Billy Alvarez is to make sure that he was charged with something because it seemed like he was never going to step down. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a long time uh, with the problems on and off the field for Cruz Azul, but it looks to me that finally somebody said, you know what, let's just, let's just cut the roots. Let's just stop it right here and let's try to find something that would be strong enough for him to step down. And, uh, you know, those charges that he's uh, being imputed, it's, it's something serious. It, it's something serious. It's not just the money, the money laundering I, is serious. And what I heard, it, it is not related with the team. I don't know yet. You know, this is, these are rumors that it's his personal business what he's being charged for, not his relationship with the club. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, but because, lot, of the club, because of the club is implicated in some of those business dealings, then the team is in real dire straits because then they could be disaffiliated from league. That would be huge news. I, I, I don't think that will happen because I was reading the, the rules yesterday, the article, uh, the specific article, and it has a little word that it says uh, they will judge if they uh, will decide to whatever. You know, I mean, that little word in there uh, opens the door for for them to say, oh, you know what? It was just Billy. It wasn't the club. If that word is, is not there, then they won't have any other uh, opportunity to go right or left. They have to get rid of Cruz Azul and the whole club. But because of that little word in the, the rules, then they have that possibility, that um, little option to say, oh, it was only Billy Alvarez and he wasn't affiliated and he wasn't the president or whatever they want to make to save Cruz Azul. And I think that's going to happen, honestly. Well, that's no, the escape clause, right? That's, that's so, so, so they can get out of it if need be, you know, regardless if he is convicted or, or not or found guilty of what they're charging him of or not, they can always say, like you said, it's the individual. And I, I'm looking at an article now where they're talking about that at this time, you know, and this came out today, they're saying that Liga MX is saying at this time there's no procedure for disaffiliation of the president of the Cruz Azul Club, nor will it begin until the elements for it are presented, you know, so there's a lot of time for, for Lord knows what to happen, <laughs> you know, in between the, them putting out the charges and then figuring out if it's correct or not, because he's going to defend himself, right? And, and try to figure out a way to say that, like, look, it's, it's not me, regardless of how everybody thinks about him. Well, uh, and, uh, Cruz Azul has been playing, you know, some great soccer as of late. You know, uh, last year, the last tournament, they started off well. Uh, where can they go? Can they win at all this tournament? Hmm. What do you think, Kobe? Uh, I I th I think so. By the by, the way they have built and the way that they are looking, like we said, uh, th th this is a club 
that is very strong. I do think there is a concern of all the, the off-field situations tend to distract, you know, that, and I think that's one of the big concerns for me is that can, can everything that's going on take away? Because I've been in situations where you, where you hear, uh, you know, issues about the club and organization and naturally drips down and then you start thinking, well, is my position safe? You know, will I, and when you're talking about Cruz Azul with the players, they want to get paid, you know, for what they're doing. And right. if there are certain things that do come up where the club is affected, you know, and if there's even rumors of that, I can guarantee you some of those top players are talking like to their agent, keep mm. something on the back burner for me. You know, some of them are probably calling up Mariano saying, hey, who do you know? <laughs> who do you know of MLS? Who do you know on different teams? You know, put something on the back burner just in case. So those little things affect you from being a very good team to winning it all because you have to be on point and connected as a unit from the, from the organization as a team all the way up to the staff to win, you know, to win it all. Yeah, well, another team that – no, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Jaime. I was going to say, uh, another team that started off well, you know, uh, was uh, Tijuana. You know, Cholos had a, a 3-1 victory in, uh, in the first uh, game of Guardianes 2020. Uh, Monterrey as well, same result, 3-1. How far can these teams go? Uh, is Cholos for real now? And Mariano, is, is Monterrey back? Because they had a disastrous season <laughs> last year. <laughs> they're back. They're back, Jaime. And, and actually, that was my point. You know, we were talking about Cruz Azul. And, and let's just remember that the, the first top uh, teams, the first four teams are, are the ones being um, going to be avoid the repechaje or the wildcard games. If you don't finish in the first four, then you're going to struggle. And, and that can be America. That can be Guadalajara. Maybe Cruz Azul. Because you're, you're, now you're mentioning Cholos, Monterrey. I will put Tigres there, and then we have only one more spot. Because you know, Cholos is for real. I really like what Gede said. It's like, don't, don't be fooled by the result because uh, we need to improve. We, we won. We had plenty of opportunities, but we didn't capitalize on those opportunities. And if we're playing against a tougher opponent, then uh, we might struggle. So I think it's a work in progress. I like what I see. And um, the, the fact that they have... Uh, and, and I mentioned this before, the fact that they have two or three players per position makes this Solos team stronger. And it's the same scenario with Monterrey. Now, Aviles Hurtado is injured. Um, yeah, that's right. And, and, but it, it's okay because they have Vincent Jensen and they have, they have Akelova. So, yeah, all right, they can be stars in any, in any other club in, in Liga MX. So, I think Monterrey and Solos are for real this Guardianes 2020. Uh, well, we're going to find out, you know, as soon as this weekend because they play America. Yes. So, you know, uh, we're going to find out for sure where, where Cholo stands. Uh, you know, Nahualpan looked uh, a little slow. Uh, Orozco looked good. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, you know, they, I, if we're talking about Cholos, I thought they, they, were, they were pretty strong just by their their whole performance, you know, the, they dominated on the shots. Uh, they dominated on the possession. You know, they really, they, I think they had a great performance. And as Mariano said, the depth is what's important. And when we're talking about a team that is looking at a three to one victory, right. And saying we can get better. 
that tells you something about the aspirations for the club and, and where they're headed. And it, and it looks, it looks pretty good for shows, but I, I want to get to Monterey because I, I, had, <laughs> <laughs> I had a question in the last time, you know, is, you know, and, and Mariano was one of them to answer. If, if, if Monterey was a contender after considering the disastrous start, you know, and he said yes. And I was kind of like, eh, I, I got to take it back. I agree. After watching this game that they played, they looked dominant and they looked fresh and they looked like they were rejuvenated. They looked like the old Monterey side. They, well, I should say they looked like the Monterey side that squeaked in, you know, to, true, to play true. You know, because then all of a sudden it was bam, bam, bam. They, there was, it looks like they're firing on all cylinders again. And it's good to see because I think it's a club that, that is, I can't say growing, but is, is special in a way, you know. And not just because, you know, it's one of the teams that we, we focus on quite a bit, but they look good and they look exciting. You know, that was the most, uh, I think, one of the best things. And they've got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent on the side, too. And that's something else that people like to see, young talent coming up, you know, through the ranks. You know, be it, you know, you, you got the different, you got Montez, Gonzalez, Rodriguez. Those are all some players that um, I wouldn't be surprised if, let me put it this way. Pay attention to them now because I'm not sure how long they will be there at Monterey. Let's put it that way. Some of them could be yes. moving on. To some different places, and I mean beyond, you know, the uh, the Western Hemisphere. Hmm. Well, yeah. you you mentioned uh, Kobe that it was, you know, a team that maybe isn't completely firing on all cylinders, sort of like the other team from Nuevo León usually does Tigres, you know, which is is sort of like up and down during the season, but come Liguilla time, I mean, they are the team to beat, you know, and and with the new format. Uh, for Guardianes 2020, you know, the first four get in and then, you know, eight teams fight for the other four spots. Uh, it may have to come down to that, don't you think? Who is that to, me or to... <laughs> uh, uh, either one of you, either one of you. you. You guys are the experts on this. Well, I think Mariano mentioned it, that format, this changes everything up. You know, it's a whole new ball game because now you're not just fighting to get into those, you know, those top eight spots. When you're talking about a playoff situation, you want to be in the top four now because the last thing you want is to be battling it out. I mean, Mariano, you've been in that situation where you get, in, you get into some place and you're like... Made it in, but then yeah. you realize you're in the battle spot now, and you got to duke it out again. That that's kind of what it's what it's all about. Where you want to be in the top four, so you can have a break. And I think we've seen uh, how important it is, especially for some of these top teams, be it Tigres, be it Monterrey, Chivas, whatever, to have a break at times, just to just to get off of that mental grind of being a top side, of always having teams that are at the bottom playing their best game ever against you. And if you can have that break going into playoffs, that makes a, that little bit of a difference. Yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's going to be important, Jaime, to, to finish uh, top four because that will give you the, the time to give uh, a break to your starters because we just saw it with Monterey and with a couple of other teams. Injuries are going to be a key factor in this Guardianes 2020. If you have enough depth, you can sub some players, but if you don't have uh, enough depth injuries and COVID can harm your team. So if you can gain points in the first four or five games, then you can kind of cruise throughout the, the whole uh, the, of the rest of the of the tournament, just getting points, trying to uh, finish the, the tournament in the first four. If you cannot, then it will be only one single game. And as we know in Liga MX, in a good night, 
Puebla can defeat America without a problem, and there you go, your season. Uh, well, yeah, you know, you have to start hot, no matter yes. what. Uh, th yes. This time around, you, you can't afford to drop points. And Monterrey has great strikers. But Mariano, who's their playmaker now? You know, since Rodolfo Pizarro left, uh, I, I think that's where they lacked, uh, you know, that avenue to get the ball to their strikers. We saw that, you know, when they had that disastrous campaign. Uh, who's their playmaker now? I think Charlie Rodriguez is uh, taking that spot. Um, Mohamed changed the, the formation a little bit, giving Charlie Rodriguez more freedom to go forward, more freedom to uh, play on the right or on the left, or even playing as a second striker. Uh, the, the top three that Monterey is playing with Aviles, Dorlan, and Funes Mori, they understand each other very well. And with Charlie Rodriguez behind them, they, they're smart players, so they occupy the space that is empty. If Aviles is playing uh, underneath the number nine, then Charlie Rodriguez is smart enough to go to the left. So it's really hard for defenders to have a reference when you're playing uh, against teams like that. And Charlie Rodriguez is the perfect player to play in that position, having Craneviter and Celso or Jonathan Gonzalez, which is another topic that I, I would like to discuss maybe a little bit. Uh, they have enough uh, players to defend and, and freedom to go forward. So I think Charlie Rodriguez... Uh, it, it's a key player, and I also believe what Kobe said. I don't know how long he's going to uh, stay with Rayados because he's performing very well. Getting on with that, too, you know, let, let's remember when we look at Monterrey in, in last season in the Liguilla, you know, they, they played pretty well when Pizarro wasn't available. There were actually True. some games where they looked better without True. Pizarro in there. Now, I, I like Pizarro as a player, and he's a good creative midfielder and stuff, but sometimes he's, he's that uh, creative midfielder that holds the ball too long and does an extra move or an extra pass that doesn't allow you to be as direct. So when you look at – go back and take a look at some of those Monterey games without Pizarro in there. They were direct, <laughs> they were fast-paced, and they were destroying teams. So now, given, yes, Pizarro gave a different kind of look and he could change the game up for him, which I think where you, where you want to go – Fast, short, fast, short, like that. That changed things up. But remember, Monterey, they were pretty strong, you know, without uh, Pizarro. And I think Rodriguez, actually, Charlie Rodriguez, may fit that fast-paced, uh, more direct style a little bit better than what we saw before with Pizarro. Hmm. Mariano, you wanted to touch upon Jonathan Gonzalez uh, quickly. What, what's, what's on your well, mind? Well, I think uh, he posted a on his Instagram account – uh, with a hashtag, the last dance, and and I'm I'm pretty sure he wasn't referring to the documentary about Michael Jordan. Uh, it was I believe is it was the last game of Jonathan Gonzalez uh, performing for Monterey because um, the rumor is that he's coming to MLS to play for Atlanta United, uh, another Mexican uh, coming to MLS, and I think MLS slowly but surely is uh, winning. You know, a, li a little bit of a space to league mx now that they're focusing in the new rules new tournament and these mls is that's fine you don't want him you don't use him pizarro come uh pulido come here uh jurgen dam come to mls and mls is getting stronger stronger well, so he's gonna be jurgen dam's playing. teammate exactly jurgen 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 dam's teammate and i think uh, now, uh, he will uh, be a perfect fit for atlanta united are they going to be managed by uh javier vasco aguirre Mm, that, that's the other rumor. I don't know. I would love to. I had uh, a chance to speak with Javier Aguirre a few years ago about coming to MLS, and he said, I like it. Uh, my dream is to coach in, in the Premier League or in MLS. I really like those 
places to live and I like the style. He, MLS is growing, so he was open to do it. Uh, that was in Cardiff uh, in the Champions League final. So now after, after uh, his span in, in La Liga, maybe he's open to come. I would love, well, I would love Atlanta, it. Atlanta, I think, is probably one of the most talented teams uh, you know, in MLS. You know, Joseph Martinez is out with uh, the ACL injury, but regardless, they've got Barco, they've got Piti Martinez. If Jonathan uh, Gonzalez comes, you know, Jurgen Dam, it's just a huge nucleus of young players, um, you know, and they're not far removed from being in MLS Cup. So uh, that's probably something that Javier Aguirre uh, would like, you know, to get his hands on. If, if he can do something like that, that would be interesting. And you guys mentioned so many guys coming to MLS uh, and performing well. Peter Vermes just mentioned, you know, a few days ago that for him, Alan Pulido is the number one striker right now from Mexico. Kobe, Mariano, have at it. <laughs> well, he, he, I, I don't think Mariano forward. thinks so. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> let me drink. Let me drink. Let me drink. Go ahead, Kobe. <laughs> well, look, coming from Chivas, he, he's... he's uh, He's a talented striker, and you know. But here's the here's the funny thing about being a striker. One year you could be the best, the next year you could be you know down in the dumps, you know. So I, I still <laughs> want to wait and see what he's able to pull off, you know, for Sporting Casey. And I know Peter Vermes, and and Peter and I we go way back, and he's he's prone to build up his guys like there's there's no tomorrow, and I think that's part of it. Now. Now, Polito is a fantastic striker. You know, we've all seen, you know, what he can do. Is he the best, you know, or is he the best right now? I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. I think there's going to be some issues for him in, in uh, Sporting KC because one thing that I've found with players that go to new leagues, it always, there's always an adjustment period. And it may t- and it may take some time. Now, he'll score. Wait, wait, wait. But there was no adjustment period for Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela didn't have that adjustment period. Chicharito may have it, but Carlos Vela didn't show that adjustment period. Well, I think there's always there's always exceptions to the rule. You know, Robbie Keane as well. If we're, if we're going LA, guys, the same. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had to throw right? in the galaxy you know? in there. <laughs> but but for most players, you know, there's an adjustment period, and I think one of the big differences, just to put it out there, since you brought up Vela, is he came into a team where there wasn't already an established group, you know, an established style of play. So that, that team actually was kind of formed to play to his style. You know, that, that's the big thing. Now, Polito's going into a situation where he's going to be playing on a team that was already established. Peter Vermes has his style, and now he's got to kind of conform a little bit to what's going to be going on there. So now I think he will do well. And I think he will score a lot of goals. It's going to be interesting when you look at, you know, when Bella decides to come back, uh, Polito's in there, you know, the variety, the Chicharito, the variety of different players of which Mexican striker, and we're just talking about only an MLS we're talking about right now. Who's going to stand out on top? Well, you guys mentioned it, you know, we haven't seen Vela. Uh, Chicharito only played, you know, wait, 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 very wait, wait, few wait, minutes. Wait, 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 wait. Mariano, I didn't hear what you had to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was Don't trying to out. sneak out. Don't duck well, out. <laughs> no, well, I, you know, I think, I think Peter Burmese is right. I think Alan Pulido is the best uh, striker at the moment. Uh, and I agree with what you were saying, the, the adjustment period. But, but I think Peter Burmese um, wait for the perfect player to fit his system. And I think that's Alan Pulido. Um, 
and we can we can see that uh, his performances with uh, Sporting KC in this MLS is back tournament. He's being he's been on fire, not just uh, scoring goals but also creating. He has that adaptability to what the team needs. He can drop to the middle of the field and, and be a playmaker sometimes, and he can also finish the the plays. Um, it's different for Chicharito. I think he will struggle more because of of the, the situation that is happening with Galaxy. They don't have a team yet, but Sporting KC, even though they struggled last season, I think this season they look way better. Um, so I think Alan Pulido can uh, keep building on this uh, good moment uh, for, for the future. And, but I still believe Carlos Vela is the best overall. Well, uh, you know, I, I hate to bring this up to Kobe, but it seems like uh, <laughs> LAFC is only getting better. You know, we haven't seen Carlos Vela and now Diego Rossi talk about, you know, being on fire. This man seems to be like anything that he touches goes in the back of the net. I mean, what, what can we expect from LAFC going forward? Because they seem to be the team right now and MLS is back. Look, what, what, what did I say about, you, you know, you get you, you have your ups and downs, you get on fire and, and you're cold. But right now, Diego Rossi is on fire. You know, everything he touches turns to goals. That's, that's what it is right now. He can, you know, he can just kick the ball and it goes into the back of the net. But what, what makes Rossi so good is the amount of opportunities that LAFC creates. They create, I mean, Rossi in the last game, I think he had, what, two goals, three goals? And that's the funny thing. We're trying to say how many goals did he have? You know, not if he scored, but how many did he have? <laughs> exactly. And, Four against the Galaxy and two last game. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, he probably could have had five against the Galaxy and four last game. That's the thing. He missed a bunch of opportunities, too. So it, it is a little scary when you think about Vela isn't even on the field you know, right yes. now about how many opportunities that are going to be created from that side. Now, I do say, I, I will put it out there with, with Vela on the field, I think it takes away from Rossi a little bit. I, don't, I think there will be more visuals of like, okay, where's Carlos? Let's get him the ball rather than Rossi. But I think Rossi has taken advantage of this time showing that, hey, I'm a star in and of my own right. Take a look at me and watch me as – I guarantee you pretty soon he's going to be walking out the door saying, bye, I'm on to the next stop, you know? So mm. uh, he, he's a fantastic player. And as for LAFC and that question about how much better can they get? Jeez, I don't think you can get much better than they are right now. But still they need to win something. Yes, they still need to win yes. something. They haven't won anything yet. And I, I think coaches out there really need to pay attention to where their weakness is. They're weak, and some teams have, have actually – established that and even though they tied the game against Houston I think Tab Ramos did a fantastic job of showing that their weaknesses in the back line that when they like to push forward and put all those numbers forward if you if you look at that game against Houston if you look at them go direct beyond that's where LAFC is a bit weak at that back line and you have to have like they said you got to have killers you know kind of like how Seattle did in the final yeah, yes when they when Seattle played them in the, the last time you have the killers that can finish off, you can put them away. But that's been the problem throughout LAFC's history. A weak back line, no matter what, that's always been their Achilles heel. Spend all your True. money on the front, you know, you're, you're going to have to, <laughs> you're you gonna have to let it go somewhere. Yeah, but also the style, Jaime. You know, I think they, they take that risk. When you, when you play the way they play, you put a high pressure 
the, the space is behind you. So if a team is smart enough, they will use the space against you. So you have to have fast defenders, defenders that are not afraid to play the, the 1v1. And that's what a Bob Bradley, uh, Bob Bradley is, is um, requiring for, the, for his defenders. You know, you can, you can win some, you can lose some, but I, I really enjoy the, the style of playing when LAFC is on the field. Um, they're playing that good that even BWP is scoring goals again. You know, I mean, he's an amazing yes. striker, but with he's not goals. Agent 99 anymore, but Agent 66. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, he they create so many opportunities that I believe I can score a couple of goals if I if I play for LAFC right now. They're constantly <laughs> arriving and arriving. You just and Antarasso, the assistant coach, can score some goals right now. You know, they create so many opportunities. Uh, it's it's uh, obviously obviously you're gonna score if you're in the right spot. So Rossi is doing that, taking advantage of that. It would be interesting. Uh, what Bob Bradley will do when Bella comes back, because BWP is it's uh, linking very well with Rossi and Rodriguez. So which one of the Uruguayans will leave his spot for Carlos Bella or maybe BWP? Yeah, Bradley Wright Phillips has been doing an excellent job. Uh, you know, LAFC uh, not so long ago an expansion team, and recently uh, MLS and Don Garber talked about MLS expansion. You know. Austin FC comes in next season. Then we've got St. Louis and Sacramento. Uh, the team, the league will be up to 30 teams with the possibility of 32. Now, I wrote a column for Golteca uh, that you guys can read about where I talked about, yes, uh, MLS is in great financial uh, status right now. But what worries me, guys, is that it's the talent is going to be diluted because Opposed to other leagues. I mean, no other league in the world has as many teams in the first division top flight as MLS is going to have. Most of them have 20. Only in Argentina, there's 26 in first division. But, uh, and, you know, there's no relegation in MLS. Uh, so there really isn't that feeder system. And you can't tell me that college players right now <laughs> are the feeder system for MLS. So what do you guys think about expansion, you know, 30 teams and the possibility of 32? I mean, hey, great for the almighty dollar, but we want to see good quality soccer on the pitch. Um, Chloe, please. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Mariano. I, I think you're going to see beyond 32. I think what you're going to have is you're going to find yourself around 34, 36 teams and you're going to see the country split. You know, you either it will be split into two 18s, you know, where you have an East and a West and kind of like the U.S. style. Then there's going to be like the big, you know, championship. They'll each have their own playoffs and the playoff, you know, have the like a Super Bowl or the MLS Cup of soccer. That, that's what it's going to end up being like. That's that's where I see it, see it rolling. And I do agree with you that you're going to have the big issue as far as the talent. Where are you going to get the players? Well, you see what's happening now. They're, they're buying players. A lot of players are coming in from Mexico. You have a lot of co players coming in from Central America, South America coming in. I think what you're going to start seeing is – I don't think it's going to be college. You're seeing the development of the academy systems here. I think they're going to tap into the other academies, you know, not only the individual clubs, but remember how big this country is and all the different academies around. I think you're going to see those academies develop players more and more where we're going to be that kind of like uh, I always like to, to, to liken it to in England, you know, where they have, you know, one club 
you know, or let's say a city, Manchester, you know, there's two teams, but they have hundreds of different clubs and, and players coming up, you know, that they can pick and choose from. And that's what, what it's going to happen. You know, that's what's going to happen in the United States. And it, and it just gives more opportunities for more players. I love the expansion, to be honest. Uh, and, and I understand your point and, and I get it, but um, that, that, that means more opportunities for young kids. And I think the, the structure is changing already, as Kobe was mentioning before. Now the, the academy that used, to be, uh, or that used to be running or run by the U.S. Soccer Federation, now that's, that changed. You know, it's MLS having their own academy uh, league to develop their own players. So now they don't need to go to college or wait for college players to go and, and be drafted to go to MLS. Now they're producing their own players uh, based on what they need. Defenders, that's what MLS needs because they're spending all the money uh, for mid, uh, and midfielders and forwards. So develop your defenders because if you do that, you will have stronger teams. Um, there are thousands and millions probably of players playing right now. So I, I see the, the expansion as a, better opportunity to actually gain terrain from other sports because you have more professional teams you have more possibilities to play you have more spots to fill so kids will have to make a decision and eventually if you're a good athlete and you can play one or two uh, sports you will be you know i will play soccer because i have more opportunities than nfl nba or mlb you know, i think that's a positive thing in uh, for mls in in this expansion You know, but then, you know, uh, the salary cap is going to have to change a little bit because that, yes. young kids and everybody is kind of have to be enticed, uh, you know, to be get paid along the likes of players in the NFL, MLB sure. and the NBA. Uh, but guys, why don't we go to five shots and a chaser right now? Uh, let's <laughs> take it real quick. Let's start off with you, Kobe. How long before the galaxy returns to glory? <laughs> right, right off the bat right, right off the bat right. brother right off I, the I bat. don't see that in the rundown I think you, you made that up Jaime <laughs> uh, what, I, what I think or what I'm hoping you know I'm hoping uh, this year um, I'm thinking <laughs> that you know with my brain I think it's going to be a, a, few, a few years because I think there's going to have to be kind of like a, a restructuring you know within the, the, the players you, you need you know and this is what Mariano's alluded to, you need a strong defense. You know, I don't think the Galaxy has a strong defense. I don't think it's organized, you know, well enough in the back. I think that's going to be important. They need more of a midfield. So I think there's going to be changes within the side at some point where there's going to be um, some bringing in of new players and stuff to make sure that you have a quality, uh, strong unit all over. I'm sorry, Mariano, I, I realized halfway that I was talking too much. I just forgot. It's a shock. <laughs> uh, Mariano, I don't, think, I don't think Kobe can answer this uh, truthfully. So is LAFC more popular than the Galaxy right now, period? Do they have more love, at least in LA? I, I, I think so. I think right now with the results, with the, all the, the atmosphere around the club, it's an aspirational club. I mean, you want to be part of it. Even if you're not a player, if, if you're a fan, well, I have friends that they don't even like soccer, but they want to be part of it because of the atmosphere around the team, the vibe around the team. So right now, I think LAFC, it's more popular than, than LA Galaxy. Yeah, it's like the, the so titles. Aspirational. aspirational. They want to get five <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Not so there's a the wait list, though. <laughs> so there's a wait list to be on the 3252, right? That's what you're telling me. Uh, guys, Uh, we just saw the new unveiling of the new Juve kit, the new jersey for Juventus. Uh, and they're going back, you know, 
to the old classic, the old pinstripe, black and white pinstripe uh, with gold now uh, on the patches. What do you guys think about it? Do you guys like it? Uh, I love it personally. I, you know, Juba is my favorite team. And so I'm ready to get that jersey. (laughs) (sighs) I like it. I like it. You know, this is, it's sharp. That's, that's what it's all about. And it's about looking hip, cool. You got Cristiano Ronaldo modeling it for everybody. Who's not, you know, am I going to look like Cristiano or Dybala if I buy it? Because if that's the case, I'll buy two. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, I'll put one over my face and then I can say I look like them. <laughs> oh, I like it. You know? uh, I, I like classic. Yeah, it's a throwback. I like it. I like it. Yeah, me too. Well, uh, we have a classic here with us. We have a throwback. We have a legend. But with all due respect to Kobe, uh, you know, is Christian Pulisic the American soccer star that he's being branded out to be? There's people that are saying he is Captain America. He is uh, the best player that United States has ever produced. Uh, Kobe, I mean... Guys like you, like Landon, like Brian McBride, what's your thought? Uh, look, look, man, you, you don't have to say all due respect to me. I was never branded Captain America. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you, you said the other twos. Maybe the but, but you're a legend. Brian McBride, you're a legend. You know? okay? You're a Hall of Famer. Captain America. I didn't fit that. You're a Hall of Famer, though. You're a Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, but talking about Pulisic, I think he is an – I hope people don't brand him as that, as Captain America, to tell you the truth. I think he just needs to be known as Christian Pulisic and the, the player and the potential superstar. And that, that's the difference. He's a star. Everyone's talking about if, Look, if you're a player that's playing at Chelsea, you, you're a star, okay? That, that's all there is to it, especially if you're coming from, you know, North America, okay? You're a star. Now, the question is, can he be that superstar? And Look, he's had ups and downs. He had some downs, but now all of a sudden he seems to be on an uptick like no other. And that's a fantastic way to finish off the season. If he can continue that to start the next season, how he finished, he is the, will be the first big superstar, you know, for the U.S. Look, Landon Donovan was a star, too. Everyone knew about him, you know. A lot of other players you could name. But to play at that level at Chelsea in the Premier League and be – uh, a team that's competing for Champions League and all that year in and year out. There's no other in the U.S. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I think he's become one of uh, Frank Lampard's mainstays at you know starting eleven. Uh, right, Mariano? I agree. I agree with you. I think he is the most talented uh, North American player. Um, I don't think um, he's uh, he's Captain America yet because he needs to prove all that with the national team you know Landon Donovan performed very well for team and for the national team for club and for the national team Dempsey did the same Brian McBride did the same but not Christian Pulisic he's the leader of the national team and uh, they didn't go to the world cup it, it would be unfair to blame him only right but he's the leader and if you want to be the leader you have to perform Shots the same way you have to perform the same way that you're doing with Chelsea with your national team you're going to be judged if you really want to be Captain America or be the best American soccer player in history, you have to deliver with your national team. And hey, look, look. Hey, that, that's, that's the knock on Messi. That's the knock on Messi. You know, he's well, great I, with but, Barcelona, but, you know what? but he, least, hasn't, he really hasn't won anything with Argentina. Well, but he played the, the, the final 
and a World Cup. You know, at least, you know, you, you deliver something. Obviously, the standards for Argentina are different, but I, I guarantee you that if Christian Pulisic take the, the U.S. national team to the World Cup final, he will be branded as the Captain America for sure. Yeah, well, let's remember, well, I got to put this in there. Let's remember as well that his age when they were exactly. going to the qualifying process. That's true. You know, he's only 21 years old right now. Now, when that last qualifying process happened and they didn't qualify, that's not on him. He was a youngster coming into the team. That's on the older players that mm -hmm. should have made sure that they qualified. It just so happens that he was a young, a young budding star and he was, was a one captain. of the better players. What's that? He was a captain of the team. No, not during the qualifying process. Mm. I'm talking mm. about that qualifying process when they lost to uh, to quite a few. Bradley was the, the <laughs> captain. Where they Bradley lost? Where the they lost? <laughs> the Trinidad uh, one. That was like, whew. but he's 21 now, and going through this next cycle, you know, he's going to be 22 in September, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's going to be the leader now because I'm not going to say at 22 he's too young now because mm -hmm. we start looking at. Players like Paul Pogba winning World Cups at what was he, 23, 24, something like that. So if you're 22, you've got to make that push now and start leading your team to start qualifying and being, you know, a World Cup con contender. Yeah. Well, we've talked about MLS is back, but guess what, guys? The NBA is back as well, you know, as, as we record uh, this podcast. <laughs> uh, NBA is, is, is coming on, and hey, everybody wants to know. Does LeBron have it, you know, with the Lakers uh, to beat the Clippers, to, to beat, you know, uh, Giannis and anybody who's in their way and get that title? What do you think, Kobe? Let's start with you. From one Kobe to, you know, who made the Lakers, the other Kobe, let's say. Lake Show, baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Lake Show, baby. That, that's, that's just the way it goes. LeBron's got his rest going right now. He's going to be fired up and ready to go. I'm going, I'm going with the yes, he's got it. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure about it. I mean, they're rested. And for LeBron, that's huge. 35 years old and, and being uh, fully rested is going to be a, a great boost for the Lakers. Uh, but I don't know. I see I see the, the Clippers very strong. Kawhi Leonard uh, and, and company. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I want to see Lakers in the right moment at the right time. Because, yes, before COVID, they were flying. But uh, I don't know. I, I still... I still have a question mark about the, the Lakers. And I don't think uh, Milwaukee with Giannis will be a, a problem for Lakers, but the Clippers, the, the neighbors will be another story. As long as Lou Williams doesn't go out and get more wings, <laughs> I think maybe the Clippers will be okay. But uh, yeah, he's got to curtail his, uh, his enthusiasm for wings, if you guys know what I mean. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan, but I'm not a LeBron fan. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll okay, well, guys, uh, let's just remind everyone the the, the, the games that we have on Fox and Fox Deportes this weekend. Uh, Mariano and Kobe, take it away. Well, we have uh, Santos and Chivas this weekend uh, on Fox Deportes and, and FS1. Uh, it's an interesting game. The game, the best game of the of the uh, of the weekend. So we'll see if Chivas can pull that one out, or Santos after that uh, defeat can get the three points at home. 
I think it's going to be an interesting one. Like we, we've kind of mentioned it before, seeing how Chivas comes out, who comes out, you know, for Chivas is going to be the big situation. But, you know, that's going to be a fantastic one. You know, I'm going to be on the call with my boy AGM. So, you know, we're going to be knowing everything that there is about this game. It's going to be an exciting one to watch. That's right. Adrian Garcia Marquez and Kobe Jones on the call in FS1. Uh, Mariano Trujillo, John Laguna, Rodolfo Landeros, El Pollo Ortiz, Fox Deportes. Guys, this has been the Golteca podcast for the legend Kobe Jones, my buddy, my friend, my coworker, Mariano Trujillo. I'm Jaime Mota. Peace. We're out. This was an Air Game Digital production. For more, go to golteca.com.